So come be a part of the process with us October 12th at Shea's Performing Arts Center as 43 North Finals host their year nine of their competition, giving five companies $1 million. Let's go, Buffalo. So bad. Oh. Folks, welcome all you beautiful people. It is October 2nd, 2023. The Bills just defeated the Miami Dolphins by 28. UB is 1-0 in MAC play, and the Sabres start in 10 days with expectations higher than anywhere in recent history. Let's go. You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Welcome back here on Trainwreck tonight. 311 sponsored by Your Place to Buy a Case Outlet Liquor. Speaking of someone coming through in the clutch, get him in here, Mr. Jake Micah. Originally, we had Buffalo Food Slot. She is in the middle of traveling to London. Uh, she was hoping to be through TSA at this point. She is not. If she is, she'll check in. We'll uh, get her in here. But Mr. Micah, shout out for you joining me here tonight. And what a day to be on. I mean, I don't know if I've let off a show with such positivity. I mean, I think the last time we felt that kind of positivity, it was like 2016. Eichel had just signed an eight-year deal or 10-year deal, Ooh. and the Bills were like two and two or something. But instead, the Bills are three and one, coming off a massive win over Miami, who was all the talk of the town, all the talk of the league last week entering that game, speaking how they re revolutionized football much, much more. And instead... Sean McDermott and co decentralized them. Obviously a lot of, you know, flair taken off this win with what's going on with Trey white, but I want to fire it up right away. Um, I, in our rundown, I had the pregame first cause I did want to talk about game day tailgate, but I don't think we can avoid getting into it right away. Um, when did you feel comfortable yesterday in the game? Um, honestly, the way the whole, the way the back and forth went 
in the first the first couple drives and just seeing that it was like, oh, is this going to be, you know, Jim Nance on the call? And he's like, is this going to be back and forth? I'm surprised they're even going to be punts in this game when the the three punts back to back happened. I'm like, all right, Jim, like, let's relax a little bit. And I think that was the whole thing I had all week. I thought this was going to be a normal football game. It was not, though. I think it became evident that if the Bills were going to control the pace, they were going to win this game and they were going to make, cause they were going to make a play defensively and they were, they started making the plays defensively and there was no, an- what, what answer were the dolphins going to have? There was no answer on that sideline in, in Highmark stadium in Western New York, in Erie County. Like there was no answer that the dolphins had defensively. They weren't stopping the bills offense. And you, I just always knew all week that the bills were capable of at least getting one stop, maybe two against two because they've done it. Every single time. And so I felt pretty confident the whole way through because the pace was there. And they then the second it's two two possession game. Like they weren't closing in after that. It was it was pretty good after that. I say this almost on every train wreck tonight, talking about the Bills or I'll never claim to be someone, you know, talking about film, talking about like, you know, defensive breakdowns, things like that. Obviously, we leave that to the people at C1 and such. With that said, yeah, it just seemed like another home game where the the other team started out hot, had Mm -hmm. some rhythm early. And then the defense made adjustments and it kind of got them, took them off their spot. And I thought what really was effective, and again, you can't dial this up. This is just pure athleticism. This is pure performance, uh, was the ability of that interior of the line. I mean, Ed Oliver didn't have a huge game yesterday by like stats standards, I guess, but Daquan Jones, my goodness. Talk about getting Tua off of his spot after those first couple of drives, kind of making him uncomfortable and obviously causing a couple of issues here and there. Yeah, it just seemed like after it was 14-14, yeah, you were still worried, but I mean, I, once once Diggs broke that tackle, broke that series of tackles, <laughs> I don't know, I, my, my soul left my body and everything. Just, I just didn't fear the Dolphins at that point. And, and, and again, there was a lot of game left. There was, was a whole half left at that point. In that in that moment, it was a lot of like, not today, not on this day type of thing, like stand it on your shield type of shit. You know what I, I mean? That's what that moment kind of felt like. You're exactly right there. I think that uh, here's the thing. I tweeted this out during... I don't remember if it was week two or week three this year, one of the last couple of games, but it's something I've talked about with the Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier for basically the, this entire run of AFC East championships is that and they let up first drive touchdowns damn near every game, or at least first drive into the red zone and maybe you'll force a field goal. Rarely, do, how many times do you think you see a Sean McDermott defense like get right off the field? It's very rare. They are very susceptible to first drives. I think Sean does this on purpose. I think he plays vanilla defenses because he knows you've been practicing your first 15 plays the whole week and you're going to get your shit in. And what were the two drive two drives that they scored? They scored their first drive with the ball after answering the Bills 7-7 and they scored right out of halftime, right when they got the ball. And then the rest of the game, what is it? It's six points. I mean, that it, that's – or I guess that – after halftime was when they went for two. So it's whatever, seven points. But my point is like this defense for it's been consistent for since in the Sean McDermott era, like they will let up something early defensively. And then they're like, it's like, Sean's like, okay, I'm going to lock in on what I need to do now. And then they kind of like, kind of like a boa constrictor, like, you know, kind of, kind of fun and lovely at first. And then the next thing you know, you can't fucking breathe. I think, I think that was well said because you look at it. Yeah. Whether it is, 
Washington. I, I mean, I, I mean, throw the Jets game out. That's all I'm going to say. You can't count like on Zach Wilson in that spot or whatever. And, like, and the first, it, was, it was a bunch of variables. Their first drive ended very poorly for a lot of different reasons. So like, yes, they didn't have to help themselves there. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. talking about, think about, uh, yeah, the Raiders think about Washington yep. and think about this game. They, you're right. They've done the same thing. They've allowed yards, but they have not allowed themselves to get killed in the long run. Obviously, like you said, they allowed drives yeah. versus Las Vegas, and Miami, but eventually, made the adjustments yeah. necessary and change. Uh, speaking of adjustments, I mean, we got to talk about him, which is funny now that I could, I like, like, like if you had told me two years ago, like that would be a moment on train tonight. Like I like, like maniac transcript says, now we got to talk about him. Like parentheses. Like I would have thought I was talking about someone evil, someone nefarious, someone terrible, but instead I'm talking about like our ultimate hero. I mean, the guy, when he gets thrown the ball since, you know, March of 2020, nothing but good things has happened to this Buffalo Bills team. And it was on display again yesterday. And the crazy thing is you're getting touchdowns from Gabe Davis. You're getting touchdowns from Mm. James Cook. And then Mm. Diggs goes on his run to get us Mm. from 14 to 35 points. Uh, With that said, any, like any of uh, takes on that, anything that stood out to you amongst that run of touchdowns, I mean, cause he really did it all on the three plays, right? He did the one where he kind of adjusted the route, called for it to signal Josh. He was open and Josh threw him the ball. On mm-hmm. the other one, it was you know more of a standard route, broke the tackle in superstar fashion. And mm-hmm. then this is the thing: I can't do this, so I'm gonna just do it. His here little, right his now. little crossover. He did, he, no, he like he broke the tackle, and then he did like a like a like he did like a, he did like a, like he kind of like like <laughs> yeah. almost like a cart like when a cartoon like, starts like running and their yeah. wheels and their and their and their legs are just like circle wheels like going before they move. That was a little, yeah. I like can't a little, do it. Like yeah, little, he did a little yeah. Like yeah. when he broke the tackle. He knew, he knew in his brain, like every like sensory, right. Is just telling him I'm faster. I'm going to get to the pylon first. Like I'm going to get to the end zone first right now. And literally all it took was just kind of kicking himself into gear. And it was amazing to see, uh, from my angle in section 135. Um, yeah, that was right along my silence. It was very cool to see. And then on the third touchdown, obviously, uh, he, you know, just runs an amazing route, gets that clearance, doesn't even get touched. Uh, the, so third, the thing about that third touchdown, I'll, you're, it's a great way to describe. I mean, Diggs is just he—he he just wanted it more than everybody yesterday. Like that's that's part of the that's how Stefan Diggs has gotten to where he is is the chip on his shoulder and everything else. And he, you know, they they clearly heard all the talk all this week. Like they they heard every single thing and t- internalized that every way. That throw though, on that third touchdown is the thing that yeah. I will not take for granted because he, the way Josh like. He just put, it's a bread basket and it looks like he's just like placing it there. But how how hard you have to throw that, the arm strength it takes to get it there that quick after Diggs break. Like Diggs broke so late and that ball is on him like that. And it shouldn't be on like it's just normal. Josh does so many normal looking things in a game that are just not normal for other quarterbacks that other quarterbacks just struggle with every Sunday. And that's what he excelled at in this game. He was taking all the easy shit, but because he can do all the easy shit at a superhuman level it's like you're you take it for granted sometimes in a day like yesterday you just can't because it was like was that the best josh allen game you've ever seen like ever yeah. ever i mean like, i think in person for sure i mean the fact you're talking what the the big thing was the attempts right because he only really threw it mm-hmm. 20 25 times so you're getting the 300 yards you're getting what 12 yards per attempt ish like there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 12 That's yards deadly, per attempt, man. 12 yards per attempt with only four incompletions and no picks and no four touchdowns, four touchdowns, four incompletions. Yeah. Four touchdowns I mean, thrown for four, four. And then one running, obviously and to, rush, uh, yeah. for, for, you know, for the, uh, for the, 
Well, what posterity? Is, what, what 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 are they what are they thinking about? They were thinking about the Vegas line, of course. Okay, okay, this is. But the Vegas line was exactly where it was for a reason, boys. When you when you said pregame, I had one note about pregame, and it was the national media during this week, which I was just waiting. I kept my mouth shut all week long, didn't want to say anything because I heard people not. It's not even like the usual talking heads of like clips and stuff that I would just see on Twitter because I'm not trying to watch it. People I go to actively listen to for like intelligent football discussion sports discussion we're like well the dolphins scored 70 last week how could this team not be favored everything else i'm like they also scored 24 or 27 against new england two why does two did they everybody forget what happened like two weeks ago and when that team looked super regular on a night that they still won against the team who we are all making fun of like we're making fun of mac jones today we're making fun of bill belichick today in our group chats and everything and so you can't and then on the opposite side, the Bills, who after week one were just dead. They were like, Josh Allen's going to be terrible. They're donezo, all this stuff. That, you that, can't, was, you- the, that was such a miserable week because I'll tell you what. It was just such a <laughs> it was such a McDermott loss. That, like when McDermott and this team lose games, like again, and, and credit Ernie Green on this because he said to me, He's he, he literally t- he texted me. He goes, it's funny how many things have to go wrong for the Bills <laughs> to lose a very close game. Like, like, and it's just so true. You think about any close loss over the years, like it's almost like just disaster fest and they lose by a field goal. Yeah. Overtime, overtime with four turnovers on a punt return is a pretty ridiculous way to lose a game. But I'm saying the two extremes of the, all the hype the Dolphins received for seven scoring 70 points when we knew they weren't going to score 70 points every week and all the hate the bills received in week one, like all combined to this like amalgamation of this crazy buildup for the Dolphins this week. And I would like to everybody who's watching this at home, listening to this, to look up an American artist, poet, philosopher. His name's Meek Mill. And there is a, a piece by him named Levels. And that's all I could think about all week long. There's levels to this shit. And you can go beat score 70 on the Broncos and barely sneak by the Patriots on a nighttime game. You know what the Bills do on nighttime games in New England? What happened the last time they did that? There are levels to this game, bro. And the Bills are still here, up, up here with the Chiefs and the Niners. And maybe that's it. Like that's where they belong. Clearly not like that's who they're that's who we're talking about here. Yeah, so there, there is, there's multitudes, there's multitudes. But with that said, again, it, it was just, it was crazy to hear it like all week. I was legit nervous. I thought we were going to be facing potentially a shootout or a grimy like run it running ball Same, game yeah. because while well, both teams were trying to go, and I did not, even as a Bills fan, did not. This is beyond my wildest imaginations. Yeah. Forty-eight to twenty. I, I wanted to look it up, and I, and I will at some point. But I mean, there have been so many Josh Allen twenty-one to twenty-eight plus point wins in just this small section of fanhood. And during, like I was saying, comparatively to the drought, oh my god, like, like, like the drought, like I think there's almost an equal number, like if not more already. And so people, you know, I I get it, I get it. You have high expectations of this team. You think, yeah, we got Josh Allen, we should win a Super Bowl. And McDermott doesn't, he's a loser. And if Dorsey can't like run a touchdown out there, then he's a loser too, whatever. But I mean, you know, for a second, just enjoy yourself, like because it's just, I mean, come on, like this team is so good. They are so much fun to watch. Um, you know, before we started getting to the posit- the, the ridiculous stuff outside the game, obviously, uh, like I said at the beginning, kind of the program, the Trey White injury, Achilles injury official today, uh, just fucking brutal. Um, so sad. you know, you what you were 
Oh man. Like we'll, we'll, we'll basically never see Trey white and Von Miller on the field together. It seems, um, as Von Miller just gets right away and you, you feel for Trey White. He's obviously the heart of this team. Uh, his personality goes a long way in the locker room. I mean, this team, I mean, you tell me like these things don't matter when you're in like a 14, 14 game that like, you know, your culture is good and everyone's on the same page and everyone kind of like has each other's back things that I feel like that means a lot when you're playing these games where it's close 10 to 15 minutes in. And I think it's in the results you show like the, how they're pulling away that, you know, what that contributes to. And obviously that's just the morale. That's just like the social aspect. Not to mention the fact that he was kind of returning to form as, you know, yeah. a top 10 uh, CB. I think he was just getting back in that discussion again. Uh, so, you know, obviously goes without saying fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, I luck. guess there's already some, you know, people are going to scuttle, but uh, are any names that you're looking out there that you would love to poach? A lot of people were talking Patrick Peterson with the uh, Steelers seemingly dead in the water. Why not Levi Wallace? Yeah, He's I mean, right you're there. telling me. I mean, oh, with familiarity-wise, they would much rather yeah. bring back a wall. A, That's what I, I mean, I, Cam Dantzler is probably an automatic sign tomorrow, like, to get him back, if they can bring him back, unless they really just were, like, whatever. But, I mean, this is why you picked the first-round pick, right? Like, he's yeah. got to – he has – you have to put him on the field and hope that pressure creates diamonds. Like, if it's not going to happen now, it's never going to happen. So, you literally, like – what do you have – you don't have anything to lose. Like, you can – Benford's going to – I mean, I don't know. We'll see what he does this week, but obviously he was out of that game. So if it's Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam next week, like you gotta just, you gotta, you gotta see, I think, I don't think you can just shield the shield him. And maybe it was to send a message more than anything else. You know, maybe it's internal. There is just stuff going on with him that they feel like they need to treat him in this way. And I feel like, if there's one thing the Bills know what to do, that coaching staff, it's how to push the buttons in the locker room and keep the chemistry right and Agreed. send messages to these guys. Like that's anyone probably the who, biggest Anyone aspect. who thinks they have their finger on the pulse of this locker room better than McDermott, Bean, yeah, no. and Co., you're foolish. You're foolish. It's foolish no. talk. Uh, speaking of foolish talk, my boy Kingsley Jonathan did play yesterday. Mm. Uh, he, had his, he, he goose eggs across the board on the stat sheet, but... He did have a very nice pressure on an incomplete when the game was still close, when it was still a one, two possession game. So I'm going to, I'm going to tack that up for, for Kings Jonathan. Uh, and, and you're right though. Uh, and the, the only benefit is that, you know, obviously McDermott with zone and stuff like that can kind of eliminate, you know, any vulnerability you might have at the CB position, not necessarily able to quote unquote attack it. Uh, like maybe like you would some other uh, spots like safety or linebacker, for example, Sure. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I want to get real quick to the game outside the game, because obviously this is, you know, typically what ends up making more noise on social media. By the way, that guy, the, the Dolphins predictions, not just the not just the collage we had put together this uh, morning, but that man in the cape, the Dolphins cape, <laughs> I think he's going viral. Do you think he's hearing about that today? He's got to be, man. That's a tough. He was, he, he, and that he looked. 13 sacks. 13 sacks was the only thing where you're like. He looks so confident. He was like, he believed that shit. Like I was, I was believing him for a second. I was scared. I was like, okay, what do you know that I don't, man? What are you Buffalo about? Bills Bay got a great screen grab, and she goes, said it with his chest. Like he really did. Like he, he didn't, he didn't like drunkenly say that stuff. Like he said it and he stood behind it. Like he was talking about like a, a family fact or something like that. Yeah. That's a great, um, so yeah, that shit. was crazy there. Um, and then what else was I talking about? So, okay. So we got the pregame here. Let's go to this. Let's bring this up. Anyone who was there saw it, but some people might be seeing it for the first time. This is Drew Bledsoe doing the shout song to get the crowd pumped up before the game. Oh, 
Okay, so he salvaged it at the end. Congratulations, but ho, 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 ho. Like, what are you doing? Like, dude, like, Bledsoe, like, you were the only QB of the drought that was legitimately putting up 30-point games. Like, you should have heard plenty of shout songs in your day, dude. Like, I get that you had a winery. A lot of people are saying he's trashed. I, re- I my, and I told you my take in the, in the today. I, I simply think that he just forgot it completely. He went up there and he was up there with a mic. He was in there in front of eight, you know, 75,000, four like high definition cameras in his face and just like ready for him to like shout. And he just like blew it. He's like, what's what rhymes with Buffalo? <laughs> and he just did that. I really, yeah. I think it was one of those life moments where you're like, I either can do one thing or another thing. And I just have to decide and, and live with the consequences. And I think he chose wrong. I would say that him being hungover or like intoxicated, probably like plus 250, though. Like that's oh, gotta yeah. be I mean, hungover, like you're, the, I would put all these guys at even money or better. I mean, if I'm well, coming back to Buffalo as yeah, a legend, right. I'm partying. Right. I'm going. Oh, they show they showed that mulberry shot of Marino and Kelly. I was like, I'm glad they got that early because I'm sure that was like a good night with that whole crew. There was a whole table there of people i'm like this is this was a weekend of people getting together and 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 enjoying themselves of buffalo and miami fans and everything it was nice to see people like breaking bread like you know with with, you talk about the rivalry being like uh you know intense or anything else like you're there breaking bread with nikki smokes dan marino's breaking bread with jim kelly like talking about the old days sharing stories like what a weekend you know what they say they, they, that, that's why they call it making peace because that because they're your enemies <laughs> eventually war will come again but uh but no you know i and i want to make a point on this right now anyone might be like oh maniac barstool guy with miami dolphin yada yada do say whatever you want dude anyone out there grinding with a camera and a microphone i respect because those tailgates are hey. head on a swivel Nikki smokes shooters shoot man that's the story of Nikki smokes like that's the lesson you can take from him shooters shoot I mean shooters. hey and if and if he keeps coming to, to Buffalo and they keep losing I mean he's welcome I'll roll out the, I'll roll out the red carpet yeah. ever he's the good luck if he wants to be the good luck charm go for it bro let's do it I didn't see <laughs> now I I didn't so. have service at the game you know I've I've been bitching about this at both the games so far <laughs> I had no service and the Wi-Fi wasn't working which is just garbage I don't know how you're planning on opening a new stadium you can't get Wi-Fi working yeah, With that no. said, I'm walking around and people are like, OJ's in the suite. And I'm like, what? And it's the suite. Like, I literally, I'm telling you right now. Like a Stone throw. Stone oh, throw no. for, from my from my rock pile seat. Stone throw. So literally, I just start, I, I walk over and there's just a massive crowd around, around the box. People, da- people dapping someone in the box up, you know, taking pictures, selfies. And lo and behold, it was fucking OJ Simpson. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I I didn't want anything to do with the situation, but I documented it because I'm like, what the fuck? Unbelievable. Things you were not expecting to see at Highmark Stadium. I feel like OJ two minutes later, we're talking the OJ trial in with my boys. I'm just right like, it's crazy. I go, it's crazy. I go, I go, it's crazy. And the one guy goes, yeah, they found him innocent. And I go, yeah, but they also found him guilty for 57 million. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever so yeah absolutely that's a, that's a side quest you never thought you were gonna have to speaking of side quests serious. someone tweeted what if what if the bills finally make the super bowl and some like tone deaf move like oj simpson's like the legend like they bring out like for the super bowl <laughs> trophy like what no no fucking way you, maybe not- Ter- maybe maybe he's softened him up maybe terry's just gonna launch a what who could they play they got the bucks a couple weeks on thursday night what if they show legend of the game 
OJ Simpson graphic goes out on social, what would you do? What would be uh, your instant reaction? My my reaction would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just like, I just feel like there's so many legends and like, you know, like OJ he, is like clearly he... the only one with like, like, it's not even a red flag. Like, 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 you know what OJ has? OJ has legitimately like the hell in a cell fiend effect around him where he just has like red presence around him at all times yeah. because like the red flags up at all times. But he's back out in the world. Like he's on he's on Cameron and Mace's podcast as their football analyst. Like he's out there giving takes all the time. Like I want to know who he whose box OJ was. Who was he hanging out with? Like who got him? It's a good question. Who got it him was, in there? It was literally the one directly under the letters Ralph C. Wilson Jr. So something tells me that's a pretty prominent spot uh, as far yeah. as that's that's the real intrigue for me with the the who's uh, who who gave the OJ the who sent OJ the email that was like, hey, you trying to come to Dolphins Bills this week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, did he did, did he have a block like seat? I would like a, to know. Uh, no, no, dude, no. Uh, no, he had end zone right on with the field goal, like with the pile of the post. Like he was. This was. I mean, I don't know. You know, I I truly don't know unless you're like talking like between the 30s. If there's a better seat in the house, because yeah. it's like you can see the whole end zone perfectly there. It's crazy, but uh, yeah. So that Talk was that, I, and I was surprised. Again, this probably goes to lack of service, but I searched like OJ Simpson on Twitter. And I'm surprised there weren't way more posts, like with my picture with OJ or stuff like that, because I saw like so many people there. And then I see the security coming over by the way. And I'm like, okay, I know enough about bills, like stadium culture that this means like, this is getting shut down. Like mm -hmm. it's going to be like, you know, over. So I leave to go by my, uh, my seats or whatever. Cause I, I really just want to not get in trouble. Like a lot, a lot yeah, of those security, yeah. I say this with respect. They're trying to keep everyone safe or whatever, but it's a, yeah. a lot of them are also just trying to like overdo their job. And it's a little insane. They come over and I'm going to send them break it up. I, I'm like, I go back to my section. I look over like two minutes later. No fucking joke, dude. OJ Simpson is schmoozing all three of them. And they're in front of the crowd <laughs> and they're in front of the crowd schmoozing with OJ. So I think that just speaks to his effect. Like, like I said, That's the red flag I mean. was up for me, but it was insane. It was absolutely Bro, insane. Bro's just out here complete. He, you want to talk completing side quests? OJ's yeah. out here completing side quests. OJ is still looking for his Lombardi trophy for sure. Um, so going <laughs> ahead, uh, obviously, um, you have the pay by the bills pod. Oh, by the way, uh, shout out to Margot Lacroix, uh, for that video of um Drew Bledsoe because obviously we, we credit here at Trainwreck Sports. Uh, with that said, we are moving on to uh oh, oh by the way sorry the game within the game this is just a really quick one completely out of water at every concession stand and it was like an 80 degree day sunny uh so i don't know like maybe like playing better again i guess this happens every event but like i could not everyone knew this is gonna be a beautiful day going into it right jake yeah yes Right, yes. Like this was not a, this is not a, like was a, not a surprise. It's not like 66 and overcast. And then the next day they're like 80 and sunny. Like, no, you knew the whole week. Like I I'm shocked that, I mean, I guess they're just trying to sell $12 beers maybe. Uh, but moving on <laughs> just like they are, uh, to Jacksonville. What's your, uh, worry level here for like a look ahead. Let down spot. The Jag, this is a weird, this is such a weird game, right? Because the Jags are already there. So I don't, I feel like that is that, sketchy that like, they're going to have no jet lag or, back in the day they did. Or are the Jags going to be just miserable and waiting to get the fuck out of London and trying to go home? And they're just going to be like, can we get this game over with so we can like go back to Florida? So I don't know what the motivate, like that's, we've never seen this like back-to-back -back week thing. And I know McDermott said earlier in the summer, I, I don't know if they're still doing this, but their plan was like, they're flying in as late as possible. No body clock change. Like they're going to play that game at eight 30, like morning, like body clock time or nine 30 Eastern. And 
just roll with it. So they're like doing the exact like opposite of the Jets. Under, under. Yes, under. Slam the unders. There's gonna be some Slam tired football players out there. Under, this is gonna be sure. an ugly game. Um, do you think Von Miller plays? Because if no. Von Miller plays, you don't think so? That's I just think flight. that I just think that there's there's a little like too many variables here. Like they're gonna they, like they've waited. It's one of those things you've waited so long. Like you know when you're like you're starving, like you know like you're hungry or whatever, and you're near like and it's like you can get McDonald's or you could wait like a little bit longer and get like Chipotle or just something like you know yeah. like a little bit more attractive of an option or whatever. It would um, you know and you're like you're you're like and again that's no offense to McDonald's or Chipotle or whatever. They're just talking about perspective. <laughs> for me, I I would know I would wait for the Chipotle. But that said, you know, I think they're going to like not make Von Miller play a game and then get on a transatlantic flight is my thought. It's, a, it's probably the, the smarter idea. And Von Miller coming back Sunday night football the week after feels like a nice little boost at home. Everything else like there, like it could be. How could far be is nice, that but, flight? Four hours? Um, Probably five or yeah, five or four or five, something like that. So it's really not terrible. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if you want to risk it with Vaughn at this point, but depends. Seven hours and five minutes. Okay. okay. Yeah. No way is buying. That, that's my take. What, like, what it depends I, I'm, on. I'm listening to myself and I'm like, if this is a four hour flight, I'm kind of <laughs> sounding like an idiot because like, you know, that's a, like Buffalo to Cali plus a little bit or whatever, but Vaughn how, private. the thing that the variable that we have no idea about is how healthy was he when they still decided to put him on pup? Because if that was the point where they were like, well, you're good. You're actually really fine right now, but we'll take these four weeks. Then I dude, feel like he, dude, I him think, himself is going to be like, oh, that's I'm a good playing point. this week. Because I have been on the, I've been on the track that he was relatively healthy. My, mm. my thinking is that the Bills are looking at his deal as a three-year deal. So mm. the last thing they want to do is rush him back this year or whatever and then get him mm. hurt or something and then take away from next year. It's this year and this year. I, I forget how the numbers work out, but – I think it was like a three-year, $67 million yeah, deal, and it much. ends up being like a, like a six-year, 120 then get out of it or whatever. I say that with respect. NFL is a business. I've seen it go every which freaking way. Yeah. Um, but talking about the uh, – yeah, so that'll be big. Uh, what's your worry level for a potential uh, upset? Uh, they're about six-point underdogs, or Jacksonville is six-point underdogs right now. Let me see the update. Ooh. It is five-and-a-half, six in some spots, yeah. I would – I'd put it at like a – 60 not like worry level like a four like a three or four but this is definitely a spot where i would not be surprised if there's a jacksonville 20 to 16 win and josh has two interceptions or a pick and a fumble and it was just an ugly game because it, it could be a letdown spot like that was a like i said earlier on you they, know what like i can already ahead. see it already shit like i didn't even watch the falcons uh uh yeah. jaguars game this but like shit field like mm -hmm. terrible refs, like you yep. know, what I mean, like I, I can see it all happening, and yeah, like just sludging through the mud, like an absolute. Disaster. It is a Bills home game, though, so we might get the thank hometown goodness. calls. Yeah, thank God for that. Yeah, we do need to get the hometown calls. We need the crowd <laughs> assists. We need those for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I'm about the same as you, three or four. I think if this game was in November, it'd be a much bigger worry. As I, I'm already looking at that uh, Monday Night Football game against Denver yeah. at home as a potential Bills letdown spot in November, as they often do. What helps me, what help, yeah, that's, oh my God. It, what helps me go into every game confident this year is because that defensive line, that's why I was wondering about Vaughn. Like they're just, they're fucking dominant. They're, they take over, have taken over the last three games. And they basically took over handling the first game too. Like they have game wrecked pretty much everything. And I don't think that that's going to change this Sunday. I think Trevor Lawrence doesn't like, I've seen Trevor Lawrence get under pressure and he does not usually like that. They he don't have thrive. 
Calvin Ridley will make some big plays. They will have some game breaking plays, but so did the so did the Dolphins this last week. Like there's a couple big a Chan runs and Lawrence big can plays move to too though. We gotta be a little bit yeah. careful. He and, and he's not afraid to. He's a big boy. Yeah. And like he's Tua, definitely... Tua didn't want to leave the pocket. Tua didn't want to risk getting Matt Milano. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Tua, I, I think Lawrence won't give a shit, especially if he's trying to get back to Jacksonville real quick. Facts. So we'll see. I, I feel pretty good though. All right, I'm going to tell you, this isn't a Howard, you know, picks the Bills or a Micah picks the Bills, but I just want to go uh, over yeah. the all the games to November, and I want you to give me your picks. So Jaguars, you got to win? Yep. Home against the Giants? Yep. Sunday Night Football, win. At Patriots, 1 p.m.? Yep. Home against the Bucks, uh, Sunday, it looks like a Monday Night Football. Yep. Thursday. Thursday night, one of those, yeah, at the time. Uh, Bengals. At Bengals Sunday Night Football. That that was a game that yes. was originally going to be such a challenge, but looks a lot easier. Home against the Broncos. Yes. Win. Versus Jets. Win. At Eagles. Loss. Okay. So you got um seven and one over the next two months. Which I've always at. had that Eagles game pegged because I'm just. Oh, that's going to be going. That's going to be, be hell. Hell. That's going to be like like you're in quicksand up to your waist and you're in a punching battle. Like that's, that's what it's going to be. Well, they can Nick, kick you. Coach Nick playing his playing his old hometown team. Whole family going to be there watching. We got you got to watch that the the guys are going to know that that you know on the Eagles at the very least. They don't need motivation. They're going to yeah, I'm a little been a little worried about that Eagles game all year, but I've had them at 14 and 3 or 15 and 2 before the year. So I'm not, I think that this is the wins. This is definitely the bulk of the run where they can pick up, pick up some steam. Seriously. And speaking of picking up steam, we're having a little too much fun here on train tonight, yeah, 311. Uh, seriously, make sure you're following Jake Micah on at happy hour hoops one, as well as the NBA season turns into form. Obviously big uh, Lillard news. You guys recovered on there last week. Yeah. Make sure you go checking out that pod. Uh, but speaking of another sports starting up, we are 10 days from Sabres. Puck drop. I mean, it's lit, plain and simple. Levi, mm-hmm. th- there's there's almost no in between for Levi. Like you know, this kid's not going to end up being like the 15th best goaltender this year, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. almost feels like he's going to be top 10 or he's going to be bottom 10 based mm-hmm. on the on the flop effect or whatever. Do you? Uh, where's your hype at going into the season? <laughs> well, my, I thought you were going to say about Levi because I basically put all my eggs into the Devin Levi is going to be a top seven goalie in the league okay. basket. I think he's just different. Like I just just like his yeah. his mindset, like the mindset we've always talked about endlessly whatever but like the challenges he's overcome to even get where he is just shows me that he's gonna be a successful goalie in this league sooner than later because goalie is like pitcher like kicker like like a lot of positions tennis players where it is more mental than it is physical there's a lot of goalies that are way more physically gifted that could never stop a puck because they just get in their own head that is never gonna happen to Devin Levi it doesn't really happen to this team either and so that's what I'm most confident about like they're Granado just has them like in the most positive. Uh, I mean, you, you want to talk seen. about cooking Granado's cooking <laughs> with those players for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm super excited. It was awesome to see them at the bills game. Oh, and by the way, game outside the game. Yeah. Listen, I'll be critical of the, of, you know, one Buffalo when they fuck up getting the Sabres there for the next game after that Maple Leafs debacle, that was good on them. So I, I, I give them a lot of credit there uh, for writing that wrong. Made, it was a very funny visual of seeing Josh. Oh Allen my God. Next to all the hockey dude. players. <laughs> I showed Not my girlfriend. To, I yeah, was like, dude. don't they just look like a, a bunch of hockey players, especially when they're sitting next to Josh Allen? It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell those guys. Him, him and so. Tage, like being like, like making Tage look like, like a junior, like insane. <laughs> insane. Uh, but speaking of insane, so I mentioned to you in the pre-show, I'm only like one yes. third through, uh, but give yep. me your thoughts on the card, uh, how the rest of it was uh, just, you know, spoiler free. 
Spoiler free review. And, and of NXT, Russell Green. Uh, NXT No Mercy. If you watched it, I did not. I, I'm sorry, I've not watched No Mercy yet. It's on my. I was on my docket for tonight at least to check out uh, Carmelo, Ilya, and Becky Trish, which Dave Meltzer says is the best NXT women's match since Bailey Sasha. So that's pretty high praise. That's high praise from there. So I, that's why I want to check that out. But Wrestle Dream. Honest, like I feel like I've been saying this for the last couple shows, but this might be their best in-ring three-run pay-per-view, three runs, whatever, three-show run, whatever you want to call it, between all in, all out, and this one. This street, this show, there's not a bad match on this card. I told you, Hangman Swerve, you have to check out. Um, you know, in the, in the immediate, real quick, just on that, in the yeah, immediate yeah. aftermath of the uh, all in and then all out, a lot of them were saying, you know, the CM Punk thing sucks. If I recall, in so many words, it sucks because everyone, it feels like everyone is on the same page back there in the locker room and everyone's having a good time and everyone gets along with each other, whatever, which sounds like a lot of corporate speak, you know, yada, yada, like kind of trying to melt it over. But then like you're saying, you're kind of seeing the result in the product. So it's very, it's a very interesting mm-hmm. shatter point for AEW coming up, obviously. Uh, and then go on with the uh, Swerve and uh, Hangman talk. Yeah, just Swerve and Hangman, you got to go out of your way to watch that. I mean, you know, like, they're just two of the best in-ring performers, athletes in wrestling that you'll see. And they just, it's it's a piece of art. Like, it's a great match. I, I like a litmus test. I don't, I don't know how often you get this chance, but I was watching with my girlfriend. And so to see the matches that she, like, is paying attention to and not, like, playing Sims or, like, some game on her phone instead of. And she was locked into Hangman Swerve. So she passes the uninterested girlfriend test. Sabre Jr. and Danielson also did. Because they just they did exactly what you'd expect. There's a great yeah, that's card. That's far from surprising. We need to talk about the big surprise at the end, though, which you have already saw, and not really. It wasn't really. I guess not as much of a surprise. How confident one, were the you? The other, that? the only other surprise I saw from the end is that at the end of the Danielson uh, Saber match, he hugs Aubrey Edwards, which is kind of really? like a callback to that moment. And I, I didn't even know that. That's insane that she was there and on TV for the retirement ceremony. Insane, insane, insane. Like, like, it helps you it helps you think like maybe life pays off. You just keep working, you'll get there. Yes, you know, Aubrey a thousand has that percent. for sure. But uh so Adam Copeland Ed shows up oh, at the end. Me. Yeah, has the song, has the new you think you know me. Like it hit perfectly. He interrupts Christian, does the whole thing, doesn't join with evil Christian yet. We'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? Like that's the thing about Edge is he said in the media scrum afterwards, he kept saying he felt free. And you know what that means. Like when a wrestler says that after they leave WWE, you know that they had to go through some shit. And he just said basically they were done with him. And he's now here to finish off exactly what he wants to do. And I just think big picture, man. Like Edge was that yacht when he came back to WWE. And I know things yeah. timed out with the uh with the with the pandemic and everything. Like, but it, that didn't stop him and uh Randy him Orton Rollins, from putting on that amazing Randy. match. Yeah. Um, but he was it just felt like you know. Right when you could have thrown that yacht, or I mean, I guess I guess it's kind of worse, like a speedboat. Like just when you could have thrown it into overdrive, like every time they could have with him, like they didn't. Like, and I get it because they wanted to build reins. And anyone in the side of the business would probably tell you they made the right call because they're obviously making money hand over foot right now, yeah. yada yada, etc. But man, from a story point line, like I didn't really care about the demon Finn Balor beating like Roman mm-hmm. Reigns. I didn't really care about like Matt Riddle beating Roman Reigns. Or, that was one of the matches along the way where I was like, man, like this is a guy I would like really like to yeah. see have like one last run with like the title. But yeah. obviously they never really saw that. And then they used him, smash him, stack him with the two biggest stars in AEW now. And I feel like that's a yeah. very poignant moment in wrestling history at this point now. But the big picture thing with with Adam Copeland, I'm trying to remember to say Adam Copeland. It's going to take a long time for me to get AC. used to that. 
AC, there we go. There's a lot of Adams in the in the promotion now. They Adam need, Coat, Adam Coat, Adam Coat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you should come out and do that. Adam Coat, baby. <laughs> uh, it'd be great. But big, big picture, he's taking the spot of CM Punk. And like yeah. that's like vibes wise, just personality wise, everything you, know, you hear about Adam Copeland, he's like the best guy in the world. You know? I don't even know what the contracts are, but this is an AEW Moneyball situation. They had Jason yep. Giambi or whatever, and they had to replace Jason Giambi. And instead of trying to do it with one guy, they're going to do it with Brian Danielson and Adam Copeland, which is more than sufficient. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's and it's edges edge specifically like means so much to like a specific era of wrestling fans like our age. Like he is like a bigger deal. I feel like he's a bigger deal like then just like a mainstream like punk has the mainstream cred but edge is like man like everybody just loves edge like loves to hate him loves him but like he's done and he's anyone on that anyone it. on that late 2000s early 2010s yeah. run of edge i mean this, that shit was absolutely my fire. brother was texting me that edge is the goat last night like <laughs> you know you know <laughs> when most you know when most nobody overreacts up. like <laughs> Mo's. it's so great it's so it's, great it's amazing but so i think just big picture like you talk about wrestling you got Edge showing up surprise debut in AEW and getting that huge moment. We had The Rock a couple weeks ago showing up surprise on SmackDown. Jade Cargill signing free agency last week. And we know this is like just basically the start of the wrestling free agency year, the wrestling transfer market that's opening for the next six months. Wrestling is in the most excited, like, I think we've, we've been saying this. We've been. been saying this for six months, and yeah. I, I would say the only damper on it, you know, you can have whatever opinion is, is the Vince McMahon shit hanging over everything yeah. uh, on the WWE side. The only damper is it, but besides that, there has not been such a good time to be a wrestling fan with multiple brands, multiple options since. I mean, I can't even remember because I feel like in 2021, WWE was only only on that ascension with the uh, with the bloodline and things like that. So. Um, but yeah, feels like a great time to be a fan. Obviously I'm going to have to check out wrestle dream and obviously NXT no mercy. And then we got Monday night raw tonight with kind of, this should be almost um, like what? So we got a WWE pay-per-view on the horizon, but really survivor series is looming, right? Fast lane is, uh, fast lane shaping up and we might have to, I don't know if we're going to have, if we'll hopefully get together on Saturday to talk fast lane. Cause it's shaping up to be a pretty significant show. And tonight, I don't know, man. I feel like something big is going to pop off tonight. Like. WWE pisses wise, me off you know? though when they when they do these they do these pay-per-views and they change like back in the this was I'll give them credit in the attitude era every pay-per-view was taking place in like the same month like backlash was yeah. always after WrestleMania and they did that for a while but but now backlash like can be in a random spot like yeah. things like that now you have like no mercy just being like oh now it's an NXT thing like I get it but like okay like and then now you got obviously <laughs> it, what, what was that again fast lane yeah, yeah fast lane Fastlane originally, if I recall, was supposed to be like like an ad. It was in between WrestleMania, in between No Way Out and WrestleMania, because you're on the fast lane to WrestleMania yeah. or whatever. Like now no, they're just no, calling no. it Fastlane because it's in Indy this year. They're they like, throw oh, yeah. they throw, but they throw me off of that bullshit. I don't like, and that's why I I you know that's a point to AEW. All the AEW pay per views as of now are are taking place uh, the same like around the calendar year, so you kind of yeah. get to look forward to it uh, as a holiday. But yes, great time to be a wrestling fan. Can't wait. Uh, real quick, biggest thing you're looking forward to on Raw tonight. Ooh, Monday Night Rollins, uh, Jay, and, and well, Nakamura. Always Monday Night Rollins, but Jay Uso has been the best part. So wait, let's just keep seeing what's happening with Jay because, yeah, we got. I can't it. believe, bro. He's we so at, at the end of the day, what's crazier that we saw a cash in or that we saw the debut of like real 
singles Jay Uso like with his own like crowd like mm. control and everything like that like because that crowd control oh, was coming God. right at us the the, the cash in is legendary just because we may never see a cash in but to see a wrestling like thing like organically happen in front of you is dude we saw it happen cool. bro we saw it happen for the first cool, time yeah. every time anyone does it from now on we'll be like we were at the first we time were there right at us it was sad yeah was sad. i was right. i was at uh all out for chicago when they started the oh scissor me daddy chant out of nowhere and that felt like same thing like just one of those you just get those moments that's what makes wrestling so great is yes. you can just be there in the crowd and all of a sudden jay us is fucking going crazy and you're like i don't know what's going on but let's go yeah perfectly said uh speaking of i don't know what's going on let's go the kick is up it's locked it's locked it's locked don't touch it you mean don't touch it wait wait the Akron guy picked it up, but he's down anyway. He's down anyway. He's down anyway. And that's and that's your game. <laughs> UB wins. Couldn't believe it. a one and zero over over your least favorite Akron. So even though you're a Kent State Golden Flash, you were loving to see that on Saturday huge, as well. Huge. You know, Akron pulled out that tire, the turnover tire, and I just you guys had to UB had to win after that. I was like, we can't just have them pulling out a tire. Like that's just disrespectful to the turnover uh turnover i just feel like they're being lazy i know it's good year i know it's akron i don't care so thank you for doing that on tire day because i was tired of seeing that but ub that was a gritty ass win man oh and to win gosh. to get there and like think of how much how think of how you and rob ryan and all the ub fans would have felt if they lose that game in overtime go in 0-1 and mac play and everything like from the morale and i feel like the guys too like sometimes you just go and especially at Akron, at Kent, like those games are always weird. Like there's just weird shit happens in Northeast Ohio for, for UB football. And to get out of there with a win is a, it's a huge, I think it's a huge thing and just a, you got to build momentum on it. But I feel like it was a big gritty win and they should be proud of that for sure. You had, yeah, you had, it seemed like, again, a 13, 10 win, no one's going to write home about, or, you know, like put up <laughs> on the fridge or anything. But man, I will tell you, it is almost like the definition of, you know, winning changes everything because yeah, yeah that game performance being a loss versus that game performance being a win really did change everything. And yeah, like you said, we'll see if they can ride that momentum into another week of Mac play, but for all now, all we know for now, they're one and oh, so love to see that. Hey, uh, listen, speaking, you ahead. had a 13 to 10 game and, uh, Kent didn't even, they, they had three points on on yeah on saturday at home to miami I ohio so i didn't even want to bring up kent because i know i know it's a source the of offense listen i went from i went from shador sanders high flying colorado fast sean lewis to i don't think they've scored 10 points yet except against central connecticut state so yeah yeah it's a little bit different a little bit different football but we'll see Hey, and speaking of winning, folks, if you love train our sports, if you love fun, and if you don't have tickets to the Sabres game next Thursday, get your tickets to 43 North Finals, where we will be giving five companies $1 million and a chance to start their ultimate business here in Buffalo, New York. I will be at the event in my Zuba suit, so if you're worried about missing any Sabres action, I will literally come to your seat and I'll scream it to you what's happening play by play. So get your tickets now, 43north.org. Shout out signoffs. Where are we at? I'm shouting out the Action Network because I actually rewatched the Bills game this morning. I was at a baptism day yesterday, just sitting there, like the one day this baptism had to be. So I was just watching on the Action Network, and the Action Network is 
the best thing to watch a game on if you can't actually watch a game. Play-by-play gives you when commercials are coming back, which is an amazing, like, I didn't even know that was a possible Action thing. Network does have Incredible. that shit. Is that shit. And the, and the clutch thing is the halftime, when it, when it tells you how much longer is left in halftime yes. for games. Like, why? It's such a simple thing that every app should have. So, yeah, shout out the Action Network. Shout there. out Action Network. They uh, saved my Shout life out yesterday. yesterday, I got to do it. The, the uh, crowd and the staff at Game Day Hospitality. 754 tickets sold to the tailgate. Shout out wow. everyone who showed up. Shout out everyone who Let's rolled go. through. We had a great time. We gave away a Steve Tasker signed jersey. We partied. We had a biscuit from, uh, you know, with some wings. So I love to see that. And it was a great time. But uh, shout out everyone there. Again, get to 43north.org and get your tickets to finals. Uh, but with that said, looking forward to an awesome weekend, Micah. Yes, sir. Folks, make sure you're getting everything and make sure you're following along on all the platforms. Apple, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube, and MySpace, of course. And make sure, most importantly, to have a good night now.